Hello, and welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Blueprint. You are in for a really special treat today. I want you to meet award-winning international youth speaker and resilient specialist, Kate Fitzsimons. Now, Kate is a speaker and a coach who specializes in uplifting teens. She understands those key principles of motivation. She also understands how overwhelming, confusing, and all-encompassing some challenges can be, especially at a time in your life when you're struggling to find your own independent identity. So Kate has faced all sorts of challenges through her teen years, and while some of the challenges that Kate has faced are common, so things like friendship, study stresses, and social pressures, what makes Kate's story unique is the wake-up call that she got from life and the way that she's been able to turn it all around. So today we're going to hear from a young woman who embodies inner strength and resilience. She's transformed her life into an inspiration for others. Kate, welcome to The Blueprint. Wow, what an, what an intro. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's my pleasure to be here. So before we get into some of the, the deeper questions, can we, um, can we just go back a little bit? So you're a sought-after youth speaker. Uh, you work with young people as a coach. You're able to inspire and connect with young people. Can you tell us a little bit about your your background? Like what sort of led you, you know, to, to be in this position? Oh, well, I always sum that up with, you know, I believe in being who I needed when I was younger. And I cannot tell you how much I needed some of these lessons and trainings and just understandings that I now teach youth. Um, and that person that... Um, could kind of help me better understand um, what what was really going on for me. You know, I felt so trapped. I had, you know, a cookie cutter life in the sense of I had a great family, had a great upbringing. I never went without anything, went to a private school, all these things, but I suffered so much um, mentally and emotionally in my final years at school. I had really bad anxiety. I had an eating disorder. I just put so much pressure on myself and loathed myself so much that I couldn't really say now looking back that I was super proud of the character that I showed sometimes with just the way that I'd speak to my family and different things like that. You know, I was quite of a little bit of a brat and a bit short-tempered and everything like that. Um, and, you know, but I just thought that it's not important. What matters more is following that yellow brick road to getting that that corporate job. So I went straight from school into university and I got my business degree and I'd landed a um, graduate position with a big um, international corporation for marketing. And I was like, this is my life. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to get the house and the boy and the dog and the cat, like, you know, all this stuff. That's my life. And then, mm. of course, um, that was all to be thrown upside down on its head when um, on the 20th of October, 2012, um, at 3.37 in the morning, I uh, received that phone call that my beautiful big sister, um, Nicole, was killed in a motorbike accident whilst holidaying in Thailand during 2012. So, yeah, um, suddenly my uh, world was thrown upside down and you were taught some really big lessons about what matters most in life and what makes a life well lived when you're 20 years old and you're writing a funeral speech for mm -hmm. your sister and you realize that no one cares about what dress size you were, what ATAR you got, 
how much money you made. It was how did you treat people and how did you treat your life? You know, were you taking it for granted or were you realizing the gift that it is? And, you know, I have goosebumps now even thinking of the way my sister would walk out in this kitchen and tap her little feet and be like, look at the sunrise, Katie. And I'd just be like, it's another day of work. Or like, you know, I was always, so the difference between our attitudes was huge. And I was like, if I had to sit down right now and write my own funeral speech, like, would I be proud of what it had to say about the person I was showing up in the world as? Mm -hmm. And from that moment, now I, I was just like, drew the line in the sand. And I was like, I'm no longer defining myself by a number. I'm not, nothing in this world can be summed up in a number. It's a feeling, it's a legacy, it's the, the choices you make and um, yeah, how you choose to treat yourself and those around you. And that's what I've always valued most. And that's um, a lesson that I've loved passing down to youth. Um, and, and even just now I was coaching a girl, you know, she's terrified about, you know, it, I'm not, my golf swing's not right. I'm failing my parents, you know, all this pressure on the mm. result only and the outcome only. Um, so just making those mindset shifts in use as well as just teaching really practical, um, I guess, emotional intelligence and, and mental health, like kind of teachings around, yeah, we don't have a choice about what happens in the world, but we always have a choice through the power of our perspective of how we respond to that thing and the way it impacts us. It's all in our thoughts and our focus and, and who we choose to be. So um, between all of that, to sum it all up, I, I guess that my number one mission as a coach isn't to make life rainbows and daisies for them, but to give them back the one thing that they crave most during that time in their life. And that is a sense of control, mm. not over everything that happens, but over their experience and the person that they, um, they grow to become because that is always what we have control over. So that is my long-winded but um, really meaningful like explanation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, there's so much in that. I was just thinking I can't wait to listen to this again and, <laughs> and unpack some of that because that was, that was rich. Um, thank you for that. Um, that question of, you know, what we, would, what we would write for ourselves as our funeral speech is, uh, is a powerful exercise and something that we don't necessarily have to wait to, to find out, you know, um, it's something that I think I would encourage all the listeners to, to do. Um, you could do it today. You could yeah. sit down and dot a couple of points down. What would you be remembered for if you, if you left this world today? And that's something that I think everyone can take away a little, a little practical action from yeah. we usually save those for the end but you've just given us gold <laughs> right at the well, beginning. I just, and i also think andrew like i know there's the deep like oh if we if we die tomorrow what would our legacy be but we write legacies in our workplaces or in our schools or in our yeah. families just in like you know once you leave that room what feeling are you leaving behind in it like that's like mm. even those day-to-day -day interactions it's not just thinking about like you know so far like the full-on death thing just in little ways like how do you want someone when they're leaving work today to think like do you want to be like the reason they're going home feeling cranky to their you know wife or partner and being like like adding to the stress of someone's day or just being more part of like i think um i was just telling like I just want to be a part of like the playfulness in someone's day. Like I think we all take ourselves way too seriously so often that yeah. like I'm like, if I've helped someone crack a bit of a smile, like that's the kind of legacy I want to, I want to leave them with um, in that's amongst, awesome. especially at the moment with, yeah. with the chaos that is our world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I'll definitely take that smile. So, um, yeah. yeah, but I definitely encourage your listeners just to really think purposefully. And I guess my North Star is, um, you know, like kindness and bravery. I feel like if I'm making decisions from that place, I will still make mistakes and get it wrong sometimes, but I know I will never sacrifice my own character mm. in the in the process of doing yeah. so. So yeah, no, that's great. And you, and you make a great point that it, when you sit down to do those things, it doesn't have to be a heavy thing. It can be no. lighthearted and fun. And in fact, you're more likely to get to the core and get to the, the good yeah. stuff just by uh, thinking along those lines with a smile on your face. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that what you do and the way that you live your life is an honor to Nicole, but can we just spend a little bit of time? Um, can you just tell us a little bit about her just as a way of, of um, you know, celebrating? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I could tell you all day long about Nicole. Um, yeah. I always like to say you could um, hear her before you'd see her. She had a very <laughs> loud voice. Sometimes I wish she came with a volume button just so I could turn her down just a little bit. Um, but, you know, she was just that, that – um, that person you could turn to no matter what for inspiring advice. And she didn't just give the advice, she lived it. So mm. from a young age, I remember from about 15 years old, mom and dad, let me leave school. She so badly wanted to just go dance full time. So she ended up in moving to New Zealand at 16 years old to dance in the New Zealand ballet. And uh, oh, wow. you know what I love most um, about what happened here is she'd been a ballerina since she was like four. She loved ballet, right? Hours mm. and hours of practice. I want to be a ballerina. I want to be a ballerina. Mom and dad's like, no, you're getting your education. Then she ends up doing it pathways by a correspondence to finish off mm. her HSC. But what I loved is after six months, she turned around to mom and dad and she's like, this isn't for me. Like I've given it a go. I'm not loving it. I want to come back. And um, she just found ballet like too regimented. And then from that, she ended up studying journalism via correspondence and doing a performing arts course, which ended her ended up with her dancing in Japan, in Tokyo Disney and having a ball wow. over there for a year. Oh, mm. just like the greatest inspiration. Um, but I just love looking back now, like so um, your listeners might not be aware, but I've just recently moved over to the US to pursue some of my dreams. And I actually gained so much courage, not from her successes and when she went and killed it over in Japan, but how she gave New Zealand a go. And then mm. she was like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't actually what I thought and came back mm. home without making it mean that she was a failure or it's all over. Yeah, she was just like, that's okay. Oh, which is like, that's another piece of the puzzle. I figured out where that fits, but that's not like the whole picture and like kept searching for what is. So yeah. I actually drew more courage again from the quote unquote, you know, failure, if you want to call that or the you know, it didn't turn out how she hoped, but it just, mm. she just kept moving forward. And so that's what I tell, told myself when my brain, like all the negative thoughts that we have sometimes was like, you know, what if this is a, like, what if you don't make it? What if no one cares? And you just, and you know, it goes nowhere. Yeah. It'll just, oh, well, at least I tried. And that's the biggest thing is we celebrate in the call, not for just, you know, the outcome, but for, um, the effort and the passion and the enthusiasm mm. she put into her journey. So yeah, that was my, that was my sister. She loved her rugby league. Like you've never heard someone love rugby <laughs> league before. So um, team. yeah, oh, we are, <laughs> the Red V's are part of me. I'm a Dragons family through and yeah, through. Okay. It runs in my DNA, unfortunately, this year or the last few years, it's been a bit rough. Um, <laughs> but she actually worked dad. on the Channel 9 footy show. Oh, he's a, he's a Dragons fan. Yeah, big time. Yeah. 
Oh, who are you? Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even. What are they coming this year? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> been following it. <laughs> okay, so um, we don't have to get too intense with the rivalry then. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but she she loved a league and just uh, went on a. A relaxing holiday after the footy season finished because she uh, worked at Channel 9 on the footy show there and uh, just got on a bike one night in Thailand like you do in that kind mm. of place where anything goes, you know, oh, we don't need to wear a helmet. Um, mm. And then as they were turning into the driveway of the hotel, like metres from safety, a, a driver was speeding along the wrong side of the road and, and hit them. And, uh, yeah, I... I never thought in a million years, like she would never do it, um, you know, in Australia, getting on a motorbike without a helmet and taking yeah. that risk. She was a very sensible girl. Um, she took a lot of risks usually in her career and things like that, but not physical safety. Um, yeah. And so when I began researching into how many other poor families had gone through this and saying, you know, now you know, we're on average losing an Australian tourist over in Thailand, um, sorry, Southeast Asia, every 17 hours and just how often oh these kind of accidents are happening, mm. you know, I couldn't bring my sister back home as much as I begged with the universe to find a way. I mm. realized that the only way I was going to get through this was to hold on. Like, well, firstly, to let go of the, the hate that I had for the guy who killed her and showed no remorse and was never charged, mm. but to channel and focus in on the love that I still have for my sister and he could never take from me and the lessons that I could yeah. dig in and didn't didn't make the pain go away, but it helped me not to be bitter and victim over it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I went around and I educated, you know, from about 2012 up until about this year, you know, traveling and speaking about travel safety and not taking risks, particularly school age, schoolies age kids. Um, yeah. You know, I've got some pretty powerful footage of the accident and Jamie talking it through like her partner and just to give them that wake up call, um, you know, the unthinkable can happen to any of us and it's so easy to lose our minds in these countries, but we have to keep our wits about us no matter where we travel. So yeah. that was a huge success um, that I kind of started in my own bedroom with my own little laptop with, you know, PowerPoint slides that I had no creative design with. Like, that was so bad, <laughs> but I just got started. Um, but uh, yeah, and then from that with what I had kind of created with my family, it was definitely a family effort. Um, mm. But then kids started asking, you know, I could never, like, how did you do that? I could never do that if I'd gone through that. And that's when I knew I had to do something to pass forward everything that I'd learned and grown through because I know that I would have said the same thing when I was their age. Like I never would be able to get back up. I'd, yeah. I wouldn't want to know a world without my sister. So it's resilience is a skill that can be learned. That's mm. the biggest thing. Um, and I think it's just about finding the right tools and the right messenger to deliver that, um, that message and those strategies. And so I'm working really hard at figuring out how to do that and be that. Um, and yeah, yeah I've, I've, <laughs> I feel like I've got my training wheels on all over again with uh, yeah. building up my new business. So especially over here in the U S but um, yeah. Yeah. But it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to get out and do those those new oh, things, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like just to think of, you know, the bathroom floor is where I spent a lot of time after losing Nicole because she, uh, we used to get ready and do our hair and makeup each morning in the bathroom when she lived at home. And I just was broken there. And I never in a million years have you said, you know, within, you know, this next six years, I think it took before I was invited over for my resilience talk, like, 
I just wouldn't have believed you. But now I love, I think that because I've learned that the unthinkable can happen in the worst way, like losing my sister, my mentality then became, well, if it can happen in the worst way, what's to say it can't happen in the best way too? Like mm. I had no right to believe in my dream of taking this travel safety campaign around Australia. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to get Julie Bishop on side. And and eventually I did. I got invited to her office. I spoke at an event with her, like the Department of Foreign Affairs because of the travel safety link. They ended yeah. up supporting it. Um, so I think it's just like when nothing's certain, anything is possible. And um, yeah. Yeah, I just I want to I want my I want my funeral speech for people to be sitting there and the same kind of thing as like my sister and be like she did what like she's in, like seriously <laughs> like never guess what the next sentence my set might say about what I tried like that's yeah. kind of how I want my life story to read <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. living true to that at the moment so yeah, cool. yeah. so is the the travel safety is that your key message or do you sort of deep go back you know, even further into some of your high school challenges and uh, to uh, help kids understand themselves. You know, what, what are your key messages for young people? Yeah. So the travel safety presentation is like a standalone um, mm. kind of presentation with the safety message. And then I did create a resilience one. And it yeah. does tend to kind of focus mainly on just like my, my, I guess, hook, you know, what draws the kids in is that the, the, the moment I lost my sister and what that was like for me. So they know that I've gone through something seriously tough, but I do share with them. Like I show them a photo of me at 41 kilos, just rake thin at high school and say like, don't think I'm just standing up here. Like I've always been the happy, positive, strong girl. Like I struggled at school as well. Um, yeah. And then I kind of, so I went over and got certified in America, like with life coach training. And it's kind of around like a bit of a CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy about how to break things down and see that it really is your own thoughts. You don't have to believe every thought you think and they're optional and we can change and reshape them to ultimately change our feelings, actions and the impact something has on us. And I take them through how I did that just by shifting my focus and my perspective on my sister's death and the way I think about it. No, I do not feel happy about losing her now, but I'm able to find a way to place it in my mind in a way that brings me peace and brings me strength and the courage to show up in this world as the kind of person that I want to be in and yeah. honoring my sister. Like I love that nearly eight years on now, she's still a very much a part of my everyday because yeah. she is a part of my story. She's woven into the fabric of that, of, of who I am today. And people don't know it, but they meet my sister every time they meet me because I'm a very different girl from who I was before that. And that's yeah. that's my why as much as it is the kids who sit in front of me with with coaching and yeah I'm really passionate about um just getting this into the hands of kids so they just don't feel so helpless because I understand that we're living in a world where things are spiraling you know more and more out of control at the mm. moment and when we yeah. focus on what we can't control of course we feel out of control mm. and we don't even realize that our own thoughts are optional like we yeah. think we are just stating the way things are, but if you can just take that moment to just, I'm always like to kids, like, let's just pull apart, like what actually like factually happened and look at what you're making that mean. Like, no wonder you're feeling so anxious. No wonder you mm. feel so ashamed, but is that really true? Like, yeah. is that really, you know, are you really not good enough because you got that grade or like whatever it is. And then mm. slowly they begin to open up to seeing like, oh, maybe there is a little bit of a shift I can make. And they take some ownership back over it and it's a skill that 
they forgot to teach us in high school. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> would have <it> been nice. <laughs> yeah, to get that. So I feel so much for the parents and everything at the moment who um, are trying, like you know, they weren't given this stuff and they're trying to do their best. And they've got teenagers and the impacts of social media and everything like that, and their like their brains are just out of control. So um, yeah, in any way that I can support. The, the the kids and um, the parents. I certainly don't have it all figured out, but um, I do my best to, to keep learning and growing and then sharing that with them. Yeah, no, you make such an important point there about, um, you know, learning some of these strategies about mindset in school. It's, um, it's kind of expected that we're just going to pick that up somehow along the way. Mm -hmm. And the reality yeah. is that that just, that just doesn't happen. And uh, for those people who are listening, uh, I'm going to put a link to my Dangerous Minds course um, just below wherever you're listening to this podcast. And uh, that's if you think that that's something that's important, that's something I think that um, you definitely should should check out. So if I can ask you, you know, we've covered key messages. If I could ask you this big question, you know, what's your mission? You know, how do you <laughs> define success? I know you're off doing some amazing things and you're pushing boundaries and, you know, you've, you've stepped right outside your comfort zone to do what you're doing now, but how would you define success? Gosh. Big one. It's a, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's like the day, I mean, two things came to mind and it's, they're, they're both like cliche. Um, the first one is just like, just leaving this world that little bit better than when I found it. Like, being the change I want to see, not sitting back and blaming and pointing the finger and complaining, mm. but looking at, okay, identifying the problem. Yes, there is a problem here, but what is the solution? I want to be part of the solution to what that problem is, you know, yeah. at any moment we're being one or the other. And I always want to look back and, and think that I was always towards the solution to that and helping the healing rather than the suffering of the world. Um, mm. But I also just want to get to my deathbed and be like, I got nothing left. Like mm. I'm done. Like I just gave this life all my all yeah. because yeah, I just, I know on the other side, I've got one big sister waiting there with a high five for me and I want to be able to yeah. give that my absolute all. Um, you yeah. know, I often think I say sometimes I feel like, um, I feel like Nicole went so young because she got life so quickly that mm. she, she burned quick, you know, cause she, she got it. She knew what life was about. There was no more lessons for her. Um, yeah to learn, you know, her, the greatest gift she could give us was, yeah, that her legacy that um, I feel like we're running like a relay and then Nicole's come up and like pass the baton to me and now it's me running for like the two of us and, and bringing it home for the two of us is kind of how I picture it. And again, you can see through just the way I speak about it, the way I tell the story and the meaning I bring to my sister's death, it's just one of beauty and love and, mm. you know, and legacy and life and so it doesn't, the circumstance is still the same, but what I've changed is my perspective and the story I tell about it. And I, um, I think my favorite people in the world are those who have gone through hardship and adversity yet find a way to bring some, some meaning and purpose to it and, and tell the story in an empowering way. Like I, uh, you have to read a book. Oh my goodness. It's, um, by Eddie Jaku. Mm. It's called the happiest man on earth. So okay. uh, Dr. Frankel, um, Dr. Victor Frankel, the Holocaust survivor um, and psychiatrist. Uh, he, have you heard of him before? No. So he has a book called Man's Search for Meaning and um, amazing book. He, he speaks a lot about basically the summary of it is 
like human can endure any how if they know their why. So it was those who were able to survive were those who could keep finding meaning and purpose, you know, in their experience. Mm, so so you, you you don't avoid the suffering, but you don't become victim to it. You're able to find that resilience and, and make it through that next day. And so he taught me a lot, you know, everything can be taken from man, but one thing, the freedom to choose your attitude. And that really taught me like, cause I felt like the whole world had been taken from me. I've lost my sister. No one understands. This is the worst. And then reading their stories and realizing like you still have a choice. That the, and then I read another amazing one by Edith Edgar and her mom as they're on their way to the concentration camps in the, you know, the trains rattling around them, they're shoved in like cattle. And she, she just, her mom just said to her, Edith, no, no, just know that no one can ever put thoughts in your head. That is your one mm. space that you have control over. So just yeah, things like yeah. that where I'm like, wow. And then Eddie Jacku is a hundred-year-old um, Holocaust survivor who now lives in Australia. And mm. I've had the honor of meeting him. He has the warmest energy, the softest hands, the just joy exuberates from him. And I've just read his book and I nearly want to cry the whole time. It's so horrific. Wow. Yet, um, he calls himself the happiest man alive. Mm. And okay, that's cool. I'm definitely going to check that out, and we'll yeah, um, we'll put some links for people to go. Yeah, go it's, and, it's uh, amazing. I picked it up. I couldn't. You can read it easy in about two hours. I read it on the plane here, actually, um, on yeah, the way cool. to America. So, um, yeah, just looking for for inspiration and realizing that yeah, you have a choice. Your life is your responsibility, um, and you know you're not responsible for people's actions but you are responsible for your action reaction to it mm. and and who you choose to be in any situation but so often we're not even focused on that and so my you know my I feel like my contribution is getting people back to focus on the one thing that they have control over and that is themselves and who they want to choose to be so yeah no that's great well said um so you're off doing some some new things. Where can people find out more about you? Like where, if, if they want to go and, and learn more about Kate, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So uh, katefitzsimons.com is my website. So uh, that's got one M in the fitzsimons.com. Um, all my info's on there. I'm pretty also active on Instagram. So that is at katemarie underscore fitz. Um, that's F I T Z. Thankfully, this is an Aussie podcast, so I don't have to say Z because when I think <laughs> spelling my name over here, it's like F I T Z. Um, but and the Marie's got a double E in it, but yeah, at Kate Marie underscore fits. If you send me a message or want to ask anything, or if you want any more book recommendations or anything like that, um, please hit me up. I am, yeah, an open book. I love meeting new people, or, or if you want to share a story of your own. I love that inspiration as well. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you, Andrew, for everything you're doing for, you know, our young people as well and, and putting this podcast together. Oh, actually, I also have a podcast show. I forgot about that. But I was wondering to, if you were going to mention that. Yeah, oh, if you want to. I'm just so used to, I'm like, oh, um, yeah, my podcast that I'm on. Okay, so that's called OK.NowWhat? Question mark. Yeah. So, OK, now what? For those times when things happen and you're like okay now what am I supposed to do here um so yeah that's on iTunes and Spotify and all that as well so um yeah if you're kind of enjoying some of what I'm speaking about and the mindset and yet building resilience and everything like that be sure to check out that show I've hit over over 100 episodes now so wow proud of that milestone (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah well done yeah okay so Kate, you you are an inspiring young lady. You're you're such a natural with um, 
uh, the way it just sort of flows out you out of you i don't like using that word natural because i feel sometimes that implies that people you know don't have to do work to get where yeah. they want to get to but um i i use it sparingly so but it does it just comes out of you so easily and um you know you're so easy to connect with and listen to so thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and thank you so much for for joining us here on the blueprint today no, thank you so much. I've had so, so much fun. And uh, yeah, I think if, if one thing that you can take away from today's episode, guys, is just to uh, yeah be that little bit more mindful of your legacy and, and how you want to be remembered because that's, that's our choice. Beautiful. Thank you. And there you have it, a rich, inspirational and potentially life-changing interview. If you were listening carefully, she was dropping so many uh, nuggets of wisdom. She's an amazing young woman, Kate Fitzsimons. She's off now in the USA taking some big steps to follow her dreams. Uh, when I listened back to that interview, there were so many great little nuggets of wisdom and I particularly liked when she said, you know, if things can happen in the worst way, then maybe they can happen in the best way too. And hidden in that question is a mindset shift that can literally change your life, right? It sounds so simple, you know, it's, but it's, it's actually turning darkness into light. And if you're thinking about it in a kinesthetic, like in a momentum kind of way, it's the negative thoughts are kind of like a runaway train and the positive thoughts that are coming against that and turning them back the other way, that's like Superman standing in the face of that adversity. And if you need any help with that, if you're facing a tough personal struggle right now, make sure you reach out. If you felt that you resonated with Kate, then make sure you reach out and connect with her. And there's also some links below where you can book a call with me if you'd like to do that. I just want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by the Project Space course, which is a project-based coaching and learning program to help you and your child build their self-confidence, improve their self-esteem, and learn all the mindset skills that we've just been talking about in this episode, plus a whole bunch of other soft skills like grit, determination, and perseverance that are essential if you want to set your child up to win in this dynamic and rapidly shifting world of the 21st century. Now, at the time of this recording, I've just created a free live training called Five Secrets to Boost Your Child's Learning and Prime Them for Success in 2020 and Beyond. Now, make sure you check that out and find out all about how you can get your teen involved in this life-shaping program. To do that, you just need to go to blueprintlifeacademy.com.au forward slash PS training or click the link wherever you are listening to this podcast. This was such a wonderful episode. I'm just feeling really grateful and blessed right now that I get this amazing opportunity and this amazing job to share time with incredible people like Kate. And I want you to remember just how amazing you are as well as you go into this week. Bye for now.